0: Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast. The she's gap. back she's America. alive America. America. Hey. don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review <laughs> First comment. what's up guys yes, yes.
1: <laughs> see titan knows <laughs> how are you more how yeah, are you
0: i'm alive so that's a positive yes
2: back from <laughs> um the dead.
0: we'll see if i can remember how to do this also what i miss <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, we're, we're into the Western Conference Finals, Lindsay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. let's freaking
2: go. I mean, go. not the Suns, but the, the <laughs> NBA is. <laughs>
0: I feel like honestly, I think my body was like, Listen, you're about to have a really hard week at work. So we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna take you out of that. Sure, this may be hard and difficult as well, but it'll be less painful than Basi- having to work on. Basically over the last
1: Lindsay was ready to come back on Thursdays on uh, Thursday and I told her, I was like, Listen, just pull a sun so don't show up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We it's don't okay. need you today.
0: I mean they didn't, so why should I? Yeah,
1: you know? I
2: mean,
0: there you go. To be just fair.
2: You were you were healthier, I think, than the sons were, and everybody's mindset was <laughs> during facts. that time. So
0: that's facts. But I'm happy to be back, happy to be with you guys. Um, and today we're gonna talk a little bit of Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> Things are gonna get a little spicy, but let's start on a positive note, okay? We'll start this show on a positive. Mikael Bridges was named to the NBA All-Defensive First Team. So congratulations, well flowers to you, well deserved. for that one.
1: Well-deserved. <laughs> You're killing me right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm genuine when I say that. I promise um, you I am. Okay. I do think it was deserved. Mm-hmm.
0: I think so, too.
2: So anticlimactic. The dude finished second for all, all uh, the Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh. We knew he was going to be on first team. <laughs> if he hadn't, there would have been something majorly wrong. Yeah, I don't... There's like
3: no rhyme or reason to what order they have been releasing yeah, these no, awards. None. They're just like, oh, random Wednesday? Sure, <laughs> let's. here's the coach of the <laughs> year. Yeah. Like, what? I don't Yo, know.
0: I didn't realize this because I didn't even think about it, um, but I found out yesterday I won 250 bucks from DraftKings for putting a free bet on Monty to win Coach of the Year. Yay. Very nice. So well thank nice. you, DraftKings and Monty Williams. My campaign
2: CHI. Most Improved Player did not work
0: out for a while. <laughs> None of mine. <laughs> or, no, six Man of either. the Year. That was not good. I think awesome. I had DA Most Improved Player, I think.
1: I think I had not DA not for enough. Defensive Player of the Year because it was like- <laughs> The odds were 30. really good on that. Yeah. It was like plus 4,000 at the time. Yeah.
0: I think I had um, Brooklyn and the Suns in the final. Did you? About that. Okay. So anyway, back to Mikhail Bridges. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely deserved. So congratulations to him. But we'll move on to the spicier stuff now. Let's talk about his performance over the 2021-2022 season. Some strengths and weaknesses of his. Who wants to start?
2: apparently i
1: do let's uh, go should, should i so you two can no, yell at each other no, all, i want to hear what gerald has to oh, say in, in, you in, don't but go ahead i do Michael. i do the look
3: mikhail bridges improved across the board i think this year um there were a lot of things that came about in the playoffs that i'm sure saul will bring up and that we'll talk about <laughs> as far as areas for growth for him because there are areas where he does need to grow it became very obvious in the playoffs that his ability to go out and get a bucket, as Monty Williams put it, was not there and they needed it at that time. But he did improve across the board. He was, you know, career high 14.2 points per game. Not anything that's going to break the bank or anything like that. But, and he was efficient, shot 37% from three, 53% overall. Those are good numbers. You like those numbers if that is a guy who's your third or fourth option, whatever you want to call him. Um, he was better in the mid range, he was more aggressive off the dribble. This season, especially in the second half of the season, Um, and he was the defensive player of the year runner up, which he was really good on that end of the floor. He took the toughest assignments. He logged a shit ton of minutes all season long. Like he is a very good two way player and he's only was he 25 years old turns 26 in August. So still a young player still approaching his prime not quite there yet. Um, but there are a lot of areas where he
2: can grow. Most memeable pictures of mm-hmm. the year <laughs> yes. from Mikhail Bridges as well. Very Look, true. he came through in <clears throat> everything you expected defensively. Mm-hmm. He excelled there. Offensively, a little hit or miss. Uh, you know, We saw really high highs and low lows when it comes to Bridges, which is kind of what we've come to expect. I, I don't have a major problem with what we saw from him. I don't count anything when it comes to the playoffs uh, with this team uh, individually because everybody kind of crapped the bed in this right. playoffs, and it's tough to separate team de- defense from the individual and those kind of things. But I would like to see more consistency offensively uh, if we if we believe continuity and continual internal growth is the key for this team. It starts with Mikhail's offense. So overall, I'm happy, but I need to see more going into the future on the offensive end. There's your level-headed response. Saul, so <laughs> please take away the, the remainder of the <laughs> response.
1: Yeah. Well, mine's gonna be level-headed too. <laughs> um, <clears throat> listen, Mikhail Bridges is a very good player. Mm-hmm. And so when I s I wanna say that up front, and I do believe he is he is one of the guys that is the heart and soul of of this this squad. He keeps it kind of loosey-goosey. He doesn't take himself too seriously. He gets hyped up when he needs to. He knows how to balance his own emotions, okay? And I think it, it definitely helps this team, um, especially get through some of the, you know, the, the kind of uh, muddy parts of the season. Um, that being said, um, you know, we, we have to remember that Mikel Bridges is a top 10 pick, okay? You, you know, and, and DA gets a lot of flack for being the number one pick and being inconsistent. I think Mikhail Bridges, to the same degree—I mean, not to the same degree, but to a similar de- degree—deserves um, Flack as well. Like, his inconsistency offensively, in my opinion, is what cost them a championship last year um, and <clears throat> what contributed to their demise this year. Uh, in back-to-back seasons, in the final series of the season— he has had three out of four games where he scored in single digits, mm-hmm. in back-to-back years. So that, to me, that doesn't really show the improvement from one year to the next. When the when the team needed another guy to score, they couldn't count on him to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that hurt them this year. And then, you know, the defensive player of the year and, and defensive accolades, while much deserved, um, one of the things that I don't think Mikhail Bridges did effectively enough in both of the final series for the last two years, is being an aggravator of sorts. Somebody that's just a a pest, somebody that's just constantly like, you're sick and tired of what, like not, not like Pat Bev, but like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a pest. He's, he's kind of an aggravator. Um, and I think Mikhail has a tendency to play good, solid defense, but also not get grimy and dirty the way You'd like to see your defensive players in the playoffs when they kind of need to be that way. So that's kind of my my overall take on, on on Mikhail Bridges is that he just needs to be overall better. And this is like, you know, you were saying that he's going to be 26 this year. He's been in the league four years now. Um, he's, he's had an opportunity to grow and develop and at and his own pace, really, the first two years especially, in the last two years, He's had Chris Paul in the system. He's had guys kind of step up. D.A. in the playoffs last year was much better than D.A. in the playoffs this year. Um, And Mikhail looked like he might be on pace to grow um, offensively and really contribute at a high level. But he just can never get over that hump. And once we got to the playoffs, you saw it. It was the epitome. 31 points in one game and then single digits the next. And you just never knew what you were going to be able to rely on with Mikhail Bridges. So that's my Overall assessment oh. of him, which I think is not unreasonable. You
2: bring up no. the DA hate though, and that that McHale deserves more, uh, more, more question, or no, no, not more than DA, but mm. more like relatively. relative relative yeah. to him. But he's accomplished more than DA has in this league. He's proven himself completely on one
1: in the regular season. The
2: floor. Well, okay, but that's where we're primary hate for DA. Has come sure, as in but, the regular but,
1: season. but so. uh, but but when does it really matter? Is in the postseason. And Da had a phenomenal postseason last year. Still got as much hate this year because of his inconsistency during during the regular season. Mikkel Bridges was okay last year in the postseason, not as good as Da because Da was the anchor of the defense. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of mid in uh, offensively. Didn't really grow in that in 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 regards to that slightly. He did, but not to the point where you expect. You know, a, a big jump, at least. You know, I would think if you were averaging 14 points a game last year, I think a reasonable expectation is that you average 17 to 18 points the next. Just I, That's just my two cents. Part of
2: me just also thinks, though, he's a victim of the system like DA is, though, too. It's not a system designed for him to score a lot. It, it It's a system that's designed for Chris Paul and Devin Booker to to dictate the scoring and who and when. So, I mean, right. is, is that assessment wrong i feel like he's kind of uh, kind of jammed into the same thing da is you get your opportunities when you get your opportunities and that's that kind of
3: thing i i think so like you tailor your system around your two best players and that's what the suns did and that's what they've done the last two years and i think mikhail bridges is caught in that area of being a guy who can do a little bit more on the perimeter but also trying to figure out where his spots come in when he should attack. And I think with Mikhail, the biggest thing for me is that he needs to improve as a guy who attacks the rim a lot more. You look at his advanced numbers, he is great at finishing around the basket. He doesn't get there as often as you would like. Like we, we've talked about, we were, Lindsay and I were talking about Kelly Oubre, guys in the past that, you know, because people have talked about, well, what if we brought Kelly Oubre back? Like, no, don't bring Kelly Oubre back. But he's a guy that slashes, he drives to the rim, he's aggressive, he attacks. The Suns don't have a lot of guys like that right now that can do it off the bounce. And Mikhail Bridges, while he's gotten really good at attacking off the bounce and pulling up for that mid-range jumper, he's a guy that needs to get to the basket a little bit more, put his length and kind of his craftiness when he gets into the lane to use more because he is a very good finisher, and I feel like that's something that we need to see improve from him, especially because this team doesn't have guys that get to the foul line a lot. Like Mikhail Bridges, 1.9 free throw attempts per game this season. That was up from last year's 1.8 per game. Like Those are numbers that need to get better. This team needs to make it a little bit easier on themselves because they are such a mid-range heavy team. They need to make it easier on themselves by taking more threes, which we saw in the Dallas series. They were getting outshot by like 15 to 20 attempts from three-point range, and they need to be able to get to the foul line and attack the basket off the dribble. That's, for me, the biggest area of improvement for Mikhail Bridges um, cause his defense is always gonna kind of be more of a finesse defender, like you were talking about as far as an agitator. Like that would be great, but he needs to get like stronger to do that. And the way that his game, you know, he's a lanky dude. Like he's always gonna be the guy that's kind of, you know, tipping passes or shots or whatever from behind. Like that's the stuff that he's
1: best at. I I had a reasonable expectation last year, cause obviously mm-hmm. Giannis is Giannis and Mikhail would never be able to match up against Giannis. No. I don't care what scenario you put out, but I did, I did, I was disappointed this year mm. when I felt like Luca was a better matchup for Mikhail. and then to watch him get kind of abused from the, 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 the few times he was matched up one-on-one with, with Luca. Um, I just was like, damn, you know, like, where do we go from here with Mikhail mm. if, you know, I, cause I'm going to assume that it'll be, you know, the, the Mavs here in the next you know, mm-hmm. five to 10 years that he's going to have to match up with mostly. How's that going to happen? How's that going to manifest itself down the road? Where can he improve in, in, in it, you know, it's it's strength. It's yeah. it's
3: basically strength. Right. And and I think that's like that kind of goes to their strategy as well, because in that series you did feel good going in. Like we have the defensive player of the year yeah. runner up, a guy yeah. who's held Luca relatively in check the last few years, but they were soft switching so much and they were allowing the Mavs to switch Chris Paul onto Luca switch DA onto Luca. And I think that hurt because it made the times when Mikhail was actually matched up onto Luca stand out that much more. I think you you can make a case that based on the last series, what Chris Paul and Mikhail bridges and DA had to do it against the Pelicans without book really expended a lot of their energy. And I think that came back to hurt them in a seven game series against the Mavs. But like, I would have loved to see him on Luca more like we saw. There was the one game where they didn't switch him off as easily. And Mikhail stuck with Luca basically the whole time. And that was probably their best win of the series. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm I, I see what you're saying. And like, yes, in in the playoffs, you want to see more offensive consistency, especially because he had a stretch from February to like beginning of April. It was like a 30 game stretch where he only scored in single digits once in that stretch and it felt like he was putting it together it felt like he was taking ownership of that role and that he could be that third guy that you know we saw in games one and two of the finals last year when he was going toe-to-toe with Chris Middleton and then it just totally disappeared the last couple games Um, but again I, I do think he's not asked to do as much on that end because of how much they ride him defensively, and that's something they'll have to come to terms with. But then
0: wouldn't you say, okay, maybe we take a step back on that side of things, and and the amount of minutes that he plays as well? Mm -hmm. Because that's got to be exhausting. The defensive assignment is exhausting. The amount of minutes he plays is exhausting. Mm -hmm. But have him as a true third option who can put up consistent numbers every night the, the points are what's going to win you the game, right? Like right. maybe you take a little less from one side to give to the other when it comes to Mikel specifically.
1: But, you know, th- th- and it's funny because we're kind of hitting a theme here unknowingly, um, which we should probably talk about later on this week is, you know, I keep hearing it's the system. It's the system. It's the system. You know, this is the this is what the guys are asked to do, okay. blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, Monty. Well, I, I feel like there's there's a large part of this that we keep kind of – You know, it's not like we've intended to come back to this one spot, but we end up coming back to this one spot repeatedly. Um, And, you know, is it on the player to adjust to the system and get the most out of it? Or is it the coach to try and get the most out of the system by tweaking it to the the skill sets of his players? But the system was fine. Like, they got away from the system in
3: the playoffs, which is why their offense went to shit. Like, they didn't run a lot of their sets in the playoffs. And that's a separate conversation like the system they were a top five offense all year long they were a top five offense last year too like the system works but you need to be able to have other options available to you when you either get away from the system when playoff defenses take you out of the system like Monty brought it up in his uh, exit interviews he was saying like the one thing i've noticed watching these other playoff series is they have three or four guys that you you know throw the ball around the perimeter and they can go get a bucket at any point in time. And you need to have that ability to improvise and to have guys that can get their own, create their own offense in that setting, in a playoff setting. And right now, all they had was Devin Booker and Chris Paul that could do that. Booker's getting double teamed. Chris Paul was not himself. And so your other options dry up really quick if you're not running any of your offense and if you're turning the ball over as much as they were. So... That's something where he said, we felt like we gave, you know, Mikhail and Cam Johnson opportunities to kind of expand their offense a little bit this season, but apparently we didn't do it enough. So well, I think that'll be a point of emphasis moving forward.
1: Not only that, but I also, you know, it's, it's on money to to tell those guys mm-hmm. that they have to do that. And I don't know if that's happened or not. Obviously we're not, I don't, you see practice a lot more than we do, but mm-hmm. um, that's, that's my, that's where I get a little unnerved is Okay. So what the fuck is the difference next year? Mm -hmm. You still have the same thirty-seven-year-old point guard, and and if you're going to defer to him and his judgment every single game, we're going to be right back in the same spot, if not worse, next year. Because listen, Chris Paul, a thirty-five-year-old or thirty-six, Chris Paul ain't coming through that door. Mm -hmm. Like that time's come and gone. He might be good at the beginning of the season because he's you know rested and you know ready to go. But I firmly believe we've we've seen the best of Chris Paul in the Suns' uniform. I don't know how big that drop off is, mm-hmm. but I do feel like that's it.
2: That what I mean? What's going to be different is they have to go get a third score. Mm-hmm. You let's let's just say it. Mikhail isn't that guy. You shouldn't. I don't think you should be expecting that from the guy you're expecting to carry the defensive load mm-hmm. as well. DeAndre Ayton had the opportunity to be that guy and did not, and wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. So. I think what they have to do this offseason is find that true second or third scorer. I mean, maybe Chris moves down in the pecking order where he's the third guy and you're getting a, you're getting a number two option. I don't or, think it should be know. a
1: maybe. I think he should be.
2: Well, but it depends on what you're doing. Like It depends on who James Jones goes out and get, gets, but I, that's where you have to go. That's right. what this tells me. They expected too much out of McHale – and, and to a certain extent, Cam Johnson, and you didn't get that. And it exploited a very big weakness that this team has where, yes, you're a system offense, and when that works, great. But like you said, if a team shuts that down over a seven-game series, where are you turning to? You can't just turn to Devin Booker because, A, it's not, it's not fair to only have a one-guy offensive system – But B, Devin Booker proved, you know, when the defense is double-teaming him and he has to be the primary ball handler, he can't be the guy to get a a bucket every time. So now you have to figure out who are you plugging in. Because I love McHale. I love McHale's game. I just think it becomes a little asinine to expect him to be that defensive stalwart that stops everybody and become your third option on offense because – I don't think that's the best way to use him. Utilize him as an anchor of defense. Get your 14 a game out of him. Find another guy that can be that off.
1: I don't disagree with that, but I would also, the, my counteraction to that point in in the playoffs, only the playoffs, I could give a fuck about the regular season, to be honest with you guys. Like, cool, they get 50 or 60 or 70 wins. I could give a shit. I want to see what happens in the playoffs, and that's all I'm talking about with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regular season, Mikael Bridges is a com- Completely different conversation for me. I'm talking just about the playoffs, and in the playoffs, like you have to be a difference maker, whether it be just on offense or just on defense or a little bit of both. You have to be a difference maker. And my argument here is, is that for the last two seasons, three out of the four games, he was not.
3: Yeah, and and I I do want to address because I'm seeing in the comments, and it's we we keep seeing this the whole we got to move on from Chris Paul thing. You can't move on from Chris it's Paul. Not, no, no, no. How, that, have you seen his contract? You're Paul. not moving on from Chris Paul. The goal is to shift the burden yes. from him being, you know, one B, to him being three, or two B, or whatever. However, you want to number that. <laughs> like you need a guy one B, one C, and then two B, two A, moving oh, yeah. down That's to two F, whatever you want to call
1: it. <laughs> the point not.
3: is, like, you need to be able to differentiate your offense and not rely. On him Because what he it, and it sucks that we're even at this point that we have to have this conversation because what Chris Paul is doing at age 36 this past year should be like an accomplishment. It should be something that we're celebrating because not a lot of guys are anywhere near as effective as Chris Paul is at 36. Like the only guy that's been more effective in the last 10 to 20 years at this age is LeBron James, who is LeBron James. And instead of talking about it like that, we're talking about, oh, we got to dump him or, oh, we got to get rid of we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Chris Paul and that shouldn't be lost on anybody. And if you find a way to dial back his minutes, dial back the load that he's bearing during the regular season and gear it towards the playoffs, because I think this should be an eye opener for the Suns. The regular season doesn't matter. They were the best team in the motherfucking world as JaVale McGee put it all season long. And they got punched in the mouth in not one, but two playoff series. So that doesn't matter. You need to have your are best saved for the right time of year. And you need to have the energy to do that. And you need to be healthy to do that. So but they have to be more responsible with Chris Paul's, the weight that he's bearing.
0: We talked about that at the beginning of this season, though. Mm-hmm. Constantly, mm-hmm. Chris Paul needs to sit more. Chris Paul doesn't need to play this many minutes because it's all going to come crashing down in the playoffs if he gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. And the question that we asked ourselves was, is he willing to do that? Mm-hmm. Is Chris Paul going to do that?
1: But we do brought, you think
0: that now that he's 37 and that he's seen it happen out multiple times in a row, he's going to actually I don't do think it? so
1: because he had
2: a month off. But mm-hmm. we had we brought, a month off. We brought this up with both of these guys, Chris Paul and Nikhil Bridges, that, oh, they need to not play as many minutes. At some point, that's on Monty Williams. I, I don't care who the player is. You're the coach. If it's what's best for the team, you say, you're sitting now. Um, and I get that that may upset you but I'm doing what's best for this team. And even if it's Chris Paul, you have to do that to set your team up for success. And I don't care what it what it causes, what kind of friction it causes. At some point, that's why you're in that head coaching seat. You have to make the tough decisions
1: that the player isn't willing to. And I think there's a t- two separate discussions as well. Listen, as a as a Suns fan, okay, or if you're a Lakers fan, if you're going to bring up LeBron, right? I think it's easy for me not giving a shit what happens to Lakers to marvel at what LeBron is doing at his age, mm-hmm. as opposed to. If I'm a Lakers fan right now, I'm like, cool. He's thirty, whatever. We still missed the playoffs. I could give a shit less. It, like the Marvel kind of, I kind of lose that. Like Chris Paul, what he's doing at thirty-seven, it's it's fantastic. It's amazing. It really is. I'm not I'm not discrediting that. But at the end of the day, as a Suns fan, I just give a shit if we win the championship. So I could care less at how how awesome it is that he's doing something that a thirty-seven-year-old point guard has never really done before. I want to see results on the court. So how do we get that to happen next year is my only thing that I really care about, which is fair. But like you got to, there's a big difference between
3: LeBron's individual success and the fact that the layers are, the Lakers are missing the play in not just the playoffs, but the play in and what Chris Paul is doing for a team that heading into the playoffs was the hands down title favorite. Like those are very different things. And I get your point that in the playoffs, it didn't matter. Ultimately they didn't accomplish their goal. But, like, that means that you shift focus onto the other younger guys that need room to grow, that need to expand their games, not. We should dump this guy for Russell Westbrook. I don't think anybody. If I well, see that one yeah, more time, yeah, I'm going to blow my own brains
1: out. Well, like, well, I what think about when, John Wall? I think when no, people talk true. about moving, moving on for Chris Paul, and, and I could be wrong because I do see comments about the whole Westbrook thing. I promise you, if Russell Westbrook come in, came to the Suns, we would all not be Suns fans next year. I promise you, <laughs> we would, impossible. we would be so mad about these games. Anyway, um, I think it's more uh, moving on from his role. Is is is. Probably what people should be saying a little bit more is that yeah. he doesn't need to have as much of a hold on this team in terms of his contributions to it and really the reliability of his contributions to it because you never know is he going to be hurt? Is he tired? Is he going to complain about his quad? Like, it's just, they never seem to end in the playoffs for CP3. I mean, he's been here for two years and back to back years, he's had injuries. Like, it just, you got to expect that. So you have to have you know some some backups some fail safes that you that you feel very confident in and that's also where this all went wrong you know we had mm-hmm. we t- we're talking about mikhail but and we're gonna get into cam tomorrow but there's another cam that mm-hmm. absolutely crapped the bed this season and 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 that's part of this equation as well and yes. that's why you can't chris that's why you can't spell chris paul as much as you wanted to because cp campaign was playing like doo-doo
2: and why well, you had to go to point book which turned out that, that backfired on you because he couldn't be the guy while also having to be the primary ball handler. The whole thing hinges on uh, campaign and the bench too. The bench didn't do shit in this playoffs and that Ooh. they went from the deep one of the deepest teams in the NBA to a kiddie pool. It was shallow <laughs> as shit on that bench. Like, uh, you know, you had nobody to come in and spell these guys, which became problematic because then you had to expect your starters to carry everything. And it just couldn't happen, especially with Chris Paul's injury.
0: Well, code in the chat said CP3 is not the problem. It's our young guys who keep relying on him to carry us. And I think like you guys have been saying, that's kind of a big portion of this is even if Chris Paul wanted to take some time or just take a step back. excuse me, even if he wanted to take a step back, play less minutes and and hand over the reins to somebody else, who is he handing the reins over to Mm -hmm. at this point in time?
1: Well, I would argue, you know, for as much love as CP3 gets for being, you know, running the offense and orchestrating everything, you know, maybe at some point in the season he could have taken a step back and said, okay, is this going to win us a championship? I know we're playing great right now, but a large part of this is because Book and, and I are carrying the load in the fourth quarter is this what's going to really win it for us? And then adjust as necessary. So you lose a couple more games. Okay. But if it's for the greater good, then maybe that's the the way it needs to go.
3: I, again, though, I I'd still, I have a problem with that because you, I think now you plan for injuries, but you don't plan, especially when it's working as well as it's working. Cause it wasn't like, it was just Chris Paul and book carrying the offense. Like they were the head of the attack for sure. But like, Mikael Bridges and DA and Cam Johnson were the guys that really made you hurt as a defense. If you're focusing on those two guys, they were able to exploit those mismatches. They were able to take advantage of that throughout the regular season. Like just a few months ago, we were talking about how much DA grew after the trade deadline and stepped up for them, how consistent Mikael Bridges was being on offense, you know, and and before Cam Johnson got hurt, he was playing the best basketball of his career too. So it's one of those things where Things definitely spiraled, and they need to be better about that, about making sure that the offense is more balanced in a playoff setting. But I I don't – I wouldn't put the onus on, like, Chris Paul and Devin Booker being like, wow, things are going too well. We should change it just in case I get hurt. Like, that's – nobody in the NBA operates
2: that way. Well, shit, it worked through the first two games of the Dallas series, too. They were up 2-0 in that as well. I just think it it may be – too predictable at times that, that that when you face the same team, seven, seven straight times, you know, it can get picked apart. And, and that's where Monty has to go back to the drawing board and go, how are we better prepared for this and and figure out how to have, have it work regardless.
1: This is part of this, right? Like, and this is where my frustration lies and why I said before the show, Gerald, that I was like, I'm ready for this argument because Mm -hmm. I think it's, Mikhail is a, is a snapshot at what I think is kind of a larger problem right now. And maybe we didn't want to own up to that problem last year because we got all the way to the finals and it was a fantastic year and nobody expected us to get that far. But this year our expectations were there and we didn't come close. We, we came two series short. Um, and then you watch a team like like the Warriors and they're put in this exact same position, 2, two nothing on the road, in Dallas. And two things happen. You have guys that developed through that program, Jordan Poole, who have stepped up their game immensely, right? And then you have somebody that a lot of people were kind of down on in and Andrew Wiggins, who's been in that system for now the second year, mm-hmm. and he had a game last night. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at the progression of them getting away from their two main superstars in Steph and Clay. even though Steph was still Steph, right. but Booker's still Booker, mm-hmm. and Clay is still trying to find himself. He has great games. He has bad games, whatever. And they've been able to thrive and take it to another level against the same team that you just struggled with in seven games. So that to me was the snapshot of these two teams were equal at one point this year. And then our regular season just took off. And then all of a sudden these guys came back and they found themselves and they all developed and they got into a nice groove. And here they are about to possibly sweep the same team that you took to seven games and then got housed in at home in the seventh game. Th- so it's a little hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you're watching the team that you thought you were going to match up with do better against the team that eliminated you.
2: I think you're oversimplifying it a bit, though, because the Warriors have experience. The Suns skipped steps. We for I think we tend they to They still got to the this, finals, though. But they skipped steps. They didn't go through that heartbreak phase that most— teams go through they didn't go through the grind before they got the reward which is what the nba is known for where even super teams have that disappointment at the beginning i mean you look at at the at the miami heat back when they when they started their their run like even they had Disappointments. The Suns skipped steps. They went from not in the playoffs to going to the finals. And sure, they experienced disappointment in the finals, but like they hadn't, like they skipped all the steps to get there. I think part of this is the Warriors just have so much damn experience between their coaching staff, the players on the roster, that it carries them in a situation when they're up 2-0 and they understand how they have to go into Dallas and execute where I don't know that this Suns team, I think they bought into their own hype a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, and, and didn't realize how important going in there and taking at least one of those two was, I mean, Monty multiple times in the series said we weren't prepared for how desperate they were, which screams to me inexperience more Mm. than anything.
3: And I, and I think that's a good point is because normally to be a championship caliber team, you have to experience one or two rough series that you learn from. They only had the one really the finals loss. And in that finals loss, a lot of it was just Giannis was a God. And there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot you could do about that. Um, but I do want to point out in that Warriors comparison that as much as, you know, the Wiggins, Mikael Bridges thing kind of highlights the difference in the way that those two have been able to step up like, we could also do the same for Jordan Poole versus Cam Johnson, and we could definitely do the same for DA versus Kevon Looney because he's having a monster series by just mm-hmm. doing the things that are in his role really well. Like he's been a rebounding machine. He's always in the dunker spot for easy putbacks and cleanups and easy dunks around the rim. Like he's having a great series just by doing, by maximizing his role, and that's something we've talked about with DA a lot. And I know a lot of people want to see him become the secondary option next year. But again, until he's able to create his own offense, it's hard to make a guy a primary or secondary option if you have to feed them the ball for them to be effective. And so that's why I look to what Kevon Looney's doing against his very same Mavs team and wondering why DA, a much more talented, individually talented player, couldn't do the same. And we can talk about how they didn't feed him or set him up for success And I can see that to a certain extent. Like the Warriors are moving the ball much better than the Suns did in that series, and that's part of what has made Looney so successful in this matchup. But like, these are easy things. Like these are effort things: crashing the offensive glass, being set up in the right spot. It's accepting his
2: role. Yes, he accepts his role. Where Da wants more, and I think that I think that sometimes can skew things too. Uh, you know, Looney knows that's what I'm doing. These are right. the few things player, I'm taking so, care of. Yeah. You know, and with the, you know, with the Wiggins thing, Wiggins was the, was a number one scorer before. It's not like, oh, he found a way to be, be impactful in Golden State. He's a guy who understood if I want to accomplish more, I have to accept being a third or fourth option on a really good team rather than being the man right. like he was uh, in Minnesota in particular. So, so this is a, this is a group that has accepted a lot of things where I don't think the sons necessarily are there with the youth that they had as well.
1: I agree. Hey, listen, I all because I'm this is a Mikhail conversation does not take the other dudes off the table either. Like, right. trust me, <laughs> I, believe me, when we talk about Cam tomorrow, I'm a, oh, same God. thing, same vibes. <laughs> um, but what I will say is this, like. Yeah, I get Kevon Looney is is doing what he's doing with with the Warriors against the Mavs. Cool, but uh, offensively speaking, Da is a much better offensive player than Kevon Looney. Um, he does not need to be in the dunker spot to score, and they still could not find a way to get him the ball to be able to score. That's also part on DeAndre. I'm not saying it's not, but you know, like I feel like, I cool, but it's not the same thing. It's not at all, and I'm not
3: trying to compare DA's skill set to loonies or, you know, imply that they're in the same class because one's a role player, one's a up-and-coming also star. Also,
1: the Mavs are shooting like shit from three. Well, yeah. well, yeah, that definitely <laughs> helps, too. They, they turn back
2: into freaking pumpkins. Bullock and uh, Bertans totally uh, ghosting in this series. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot.
3: But I do think there is something to be said for DA wants to do so much, and he could realize, like, you can do a lot and still have an impact on the game just by doing the little things that made him effective in the first place, and those little things weren't there in that series, especially now, as it wore on.
1: Is now a good time to use a Remember the Titans quote? Sure, why not? Attitude reflects leadership? No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I just wanted to see
2: Gerald
0: oh, oh put God. his head down. I knew, I knew as soon as you
1: said Remember the Titans... <laughs> I knew as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, man. I'm getting I'm getting All
0: right. Let's bring this back to Mikkel and kind of put a bow on it with mm-hmm. – I know Gerald had mentioned some of his thoughts on where Mikkel needs to improve. What do you guys think?
2: Look, get in the weight room like, mm-hmm. like was said. I mean, that's that's the primary one. If he bulks up, uh, that removes some of the issues that you saw. He'd be able to handle Luca trying to back him down because he has a little bit more bulk on him. Uh, and then, obviously, consistency offensively is, is another one. But I don't think, like I said, the onus should be uh, as much on him to be the third scorer if they build this roster right.
1: I mean, if you've seen Scottie Pippen in 1986, I think, whew, you'd be like, how, how big did he get? Because mm-hmm. he got swole in about 10 years. So it's, it's possible to gain – you know, to gain some pounds and, and get bigger because he Bridges definitely needs to do that. Like, he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be, and, and you can't be as aggressive as, as you'd like um, unless you were, you feel like you can take that impact Because you're not on, afraid of contact. Exactly, that. exactly. You know, that's why the greats have always gotten bigger is because they, they were getting abused and they needed to be able to absorb that contact. So I think that, and then, um, you know, Mikhail for the longest time has had a slight hitch in his shot. Um, And I feel like, you know, over the course of the offseason, maybe that's something he'll address and try to get that hitch worked out of his shot. Um, And just it's there's no way to really work on consistency in a game except for just continuing to put in the work in the offseason and trying to feel more comfortable with your own game and your role. And I do feel like heading into next season, at least I hope so. And it'd be best if Monty did. He makes it a point of emphasis of we need you to get to another level offensively and and we maybe we cut back a little bit on on the minutes and lighten that load and you're always going to guard the best player on the other team if it's possible like that's just what mikhail bridges is right now but that doesn't mean that you know we can't help you in our system because listen not it's not just one warrior going at luca and luca's still dropping his points but they're making it very difficult for him and they're throwing it in different waves different mm-hmm. guys it's clay yes it's wiggins uh Constant also you were works. talking about the soft the soft switches mm-hmm. like watch andrew wiggins he's not soft switching for shit mm-hmm. like he's fighting over those screens to get to guard luca because he knows something though exactly i know i know but that's something that honestly like that's a fundamental that i feel like should transfer over from every single defense you know and like so that's that's something that's gonna have to change and i'm I'm positive Monty will make that change.
2: Bees brings up a great point. Give Mikhail the girth regimen.
0: I, mean, <laughs> I mean this man right. knows how well, to bulk up. I mean, he's yoked.
3: So. I will say Mikhail, because we asked him near the beginning of last season about you know the weight room, and he said he had a pretty strict weight lifting regimen. It's hard for him to gain pounds, but he feels stronger. Like he got stronger. It's just one of those things that it doesn't aesthetically show for him because he's a skinny dude. So I do think we should bear that in mind. It's not that he never hit the weight room or was like, I'm I'm slender and graceful and I'll just always yeah. be this way. Like slender <laughs> <schezer laughs> and graceful. Like,
2: Mc- McHale, like he, he went in the weight room. He did. Give me a call. I was 135 in college and I know how to put on weight. So <laughs> we can it's, talk. It's bulking
0: right? season for
2: Mikael.
3: <laughs> but yeah, in terms of improvements for me, it's getting to the rim more because he is good at finishing when he gets there. It's getting to the free throw line more, cutting more, um, and this is more of a system thing, but getting him more looks from three because the Suns need to be a higher three point shooting yeah. team. Yeah. Like they, they shot a great percentage. They have the personnel for it. They need to like let loose from three point range. They've got to tweak the system in that way because you're not gonna win playoff games if your opponent's taking ten or fifteen more threes than you.
1: Don't worry, when Jay Crowder's gone next season, he'll have all the time at the top. <laughs>
2: three is worth more than
1: two. Yes, it's it a is. Simple, simple math. Simple
0: math. So. Well, guys, with the summer heating up. We're going to be out doing things, gathering, having social (laughs) social functions, and we want to make sure everyone is safe and healthy. So a quick reminder that COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. I promise you that COVID is not gone. <laughs> and it is, in fact, kind of seemingly picking up currently. How so, do you know that? um, <laughs> yeah. is it slash find vaccine for a location near you? Get your vax, get boosted, whatever. Hot girl summer oh. doesn't exist if you can't <laughs> go. Why'd outside. you look at Gerald
1: when you said that? <laughs> well,
0: it was just like the general. <laughs> thing. Hot girl summer, <laughs> Don't,
1: <just more laughs> Don't be a prick. Get it that was stick, more of a thing, right?
0: you know. <laughs> all right, it is Monday, so we are gonna do a little bit of mailbag Monday, answer some questions. Yeah. We got some of these. From Twitter, at PHNX underscore signs, as well as our members only Discord. So Let, let's uh, be, be very time. clear.
2: We're stealing this outright from uh, Arizona uh, PHNX Diamondbacks. Uh, this is the exact uh, imagery they use. We're going to use their song. We're stealing Mailbag Monday.
0: Do we have to say we're stealing it if it's from our friends? Down, oh, like I, down I, the I like to we make it very clear. We were
2: inspired by our teammates. <laughs> yeah. no, we were inspired, yeah.
0: I,
3: I like told better.
2: Derek we're stealing it. Uh, it's,
0: uh... <laughs> All right. First question it's the from only kind Tim. Of he has. Tim from <laughs> Phoenix asked, "What is your favorite sports video game of all time?"
1: Ooh, Coach K's college basketball. <sighs> okay, it's NBA Jam, without a
2: doubt.
0: Okay,
1: yeah, you say that, but you never play. You played like twice.
2: That's the most I've ever played video <laughs> games is NBA Jam. Like,
3: I mean, my answer would be NBA Jam, but for the sake of variety, I want to throw in NBA Street Volume Two into the oh, mix, which is an iteration of NBA Jam. That does it go is. hard. And also Super Mario Strikers, because that game is fun (laughs) as shit. It's so chaotic. I love it.
0: Mine was 2K12. I don't yeah, know Lindsay why. going
3: hard in the paint with like a straight <laughs> up like 2K.
0: Sure. 2K12 was so much fun. I don't know if it maybe it was just I had the right people around me who were playing mm-hmm. with me at the time, but that was like prime <laughs> 2K for me. I mean, <laughs> Live,
1: Live 95 was pretty dope too. Live that was, that oh. <laughs> you ever
2: played that on computer keyboard? That thing's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that much. That was my that was my first video game introduction, was it? was that. I also loved Slugfest. You ever play that one? Mm-hmm. It was basically oh, it was yeah. baseball but NBA Jam style nice. <laughs> where you could like hit insane home runs. It was basically the steroid era era in baseball uh in a video game. It was fun. solid.
0: Fabio said does racing games count as sports games cuz mm-hmm. uh, Mario Speed Underground 2 is classic. Oh I think so, yeah. For
3: sure. Underground was dope. And if we racing
0: games, then Mario Kart is for sure up there.
3: Yeah, it's got to be.
0: Mario Kart's blast. I like battle, though, a lot more than the racing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Ma- Michael fun.
2: in the chat, Barkley, Shut Up and Jam. That's also a fun oh, one. I've never played okay. that. You haven't? Me neither. Well, oh, it's on the retro thing. We're going to play some of it. Oh, games. nice. Nice. Jam.
0: nice. <laughs> okay, next question. Jay Jones in downtown said, has your workplace seen incidents of choking increase lately?
1: I'm glad we that actually, they brought We, we had, a, had a video about that last week
2: it's
0: I been think a recurring that might problem. be the point no, no. Uh, uh, yes Mr. Jones,
2: uh, thank you Yes, we've seen it as well so You're not alone
0: uh, Josh Hunt said If you had to spend a week on vacation Who from PHNX are you taking with you and why? Ooh,
1: that's a, is a good really one This a really
0: hard one I feel like it's easier to answer who I'm not taking with me
2: <laughs> Do it. What edgy looks. Do, it, do, it, yeah. <laughs> do it
0: No, it's, looks it's away. My idea of vacation. I- if you ask me to go hike, I'm not like, that's no. not vacation. Bye, Bye, I sure vacation. So Bye. Like, we have some outdoorsy people here yeah. and you are not invited on vacation. If you ask me to wake up at 6am to go hike up a mountain, no. the answer is absolutely uh,
2: not. <laughs> so on vacation, I like mindless. Don't want to have to, handle anything i'm taking jacob because mm. he'll schedule everything out <laughs> he'll tell you where to be That's when you need true. to like it basically be like traveling with my wife who is very much <laughs> like that spreadsheet oriented uh, tells you where to be uh,
0: I don't – actually, that's kind of a good choice because I feel like I'm the one who's trying to, like, plan the things more often than not, and I would like to not have to do that.
2: Mm. All I just heard is Espo married Jacob.
1: Yeah, that's all I heard too. (laughs) Uh, Because I've been fortunate enough to travel with some of our colleagues, Mm -hmm. um, I think this is the easiest answer I could possibly come up with, and it would be Johnny Venerable. Okay. Johnny's just super chill – there's no drama with him on the road. Not that there was with you, Shane. Well,
2: uh, you traveled with me too. Yeah. So I was the drama? You,
3: you are the drama. So, drama. anyway,
1: uh, so yeah, Johnny's just like a nice, easy guy. We were riding scooters around Indy. Like, he just likes to have fun, you know? And he was flying down the road because he weighs like 50 pounds. So it was cool. <laughs> okay. I would probably say Shane. I feel like Shane and I would have fun.
2: Just well, if I'm going for a rager, like, yeah, Shane's
1: who I'm going. Like, if Shane I want a good time. And- like,
2: I feel like Shane you know, has Shane.
0: too much energy for me.
1: No, Shane, you need to get, if you get Shane in the bar or in the, or like a, a a hopping scene, he's perfect. Yeah. Perfect.
2: That's why we're taking him to summer league. With but us. I'm old, oh, man. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to chill
1: in the <laughs> hotel room. So, That's what, Have you ever played Craps?
2: Yes. You want to play craps with me? I'm in. (laughs) The last time I was at Vegas Summer League, I played craps until four in the morning. I like how you're
3: pronouncing every letter in that word, craps with me. I love craps. Whipped cream? (laughs) Whipped cream? (laughs) Sure. All right, next
0: question from Mega. Did your regular season play slash roster really not translate to playoff basketball as some outside critics are suggesting in retrospect? Mm,
3: I, I struggle with this because what got them there, their regular season play, was different from what we saw in the playoffs. Like They didn't do what got them there, so I I don't know. I I would say no just because they stopped running offense, they stopped doing what got them effective, and Chris Paul wasn't 100%, but I don't know. I I don't think it's outlandish to say that they were not prepared for when things did change in the playoffs. I think that's fair to say.
2: I would say yes because I think we're downplaying – how much the pelicans and mavericks defense mm-hmm. against this offensive system came into play and disrupted the system i don't think it's that they just forgot how to play sun's basketball i think it became difficult and at that point they abandoned certain things within their system so i actually think yes it is a, i i agree with those people that are saying that
1: this is just this is just a feeling but i felt like throughout the regular season there was every time we had somewhat of a marquee game there was always a key guy injured for the other team um and I felt like the Suns got through the regular season and they played a, a good schedule but I, I just since it didn't work in the playoffs I'm gonna say yeah it, it definitely didn't match up so and for I whatever think reason
3: with that question we should also bear in mind Booker missed most of the first series mm-hmm. and Chris Paul was not 100% the last five games not an excuse but like it's harder to run your system when the two guys that are the head of that system are both hurt.
0: And you, we didn't make legitimate enough adjustments.
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: In yes. this the situations that we were given, whether it was injury or just the fact that we're playing the same team mm-hmm. night in and night out, and they learn your your thing.
1: Right. Well, Chris actually made a point earlier, way earlier, when she said that um, Chris Paul said that if he was hurting the team. That he would sit out Mm. or do what's in the best interest. He said that last year. Um, I would not say that he was a benefit to the team. Now, you didn't really have much of a backup option, so I'll give you that. But, I mean, clearly— campaign
3: was playing well. I think he might have been okay with downgrading his minutes, but campaign was absolutely terrible. Unplayable in the second round. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, B. Duffy said, is anyone interested in a seven-footer who can anchor a defense, score at will, and rebound above average for the next five years?
3: Are we getting get a Joel Embiid or
2: what? <laughs> <laughs> I I love that uh, Bill Duffy, uh, the agent yeah. for DeAndre <laughs> yeah. Ayton, stepping into the mailbag here. Uh, it depends on the price, Bill. That's the answer <laughs> yeah. to the question.
3: I'm good with four i think four years i don't think a five-year max is coming (laughs) i can tell you that just based on reading the t lives i don't think we're gonna see a five-year max for da but really
2: you don't years. (laughs) i'd be perfectly fine with four years the score at will part
3: is making me laugh though uh, because that's not that's not who we're talking about here
2: i I go back to it depends on who owns the team in july
3: also fair
0: All right, last Dead question. Silence. Miscellaneous <laughs> thoughts asked: uh, Who are your famous lookalikes? Gerald is Pete. Shane is a hoodie version Unabomber, but what about the rest of y'all? <laughs> uh,
3: Shane catching strays from yeah. the milk well, actually, Bag Monday. Actually, no, it's, it's, Bless it, your heart. It, I haven't heard the hoodie version, but I've 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 heard that before. Really? Uh, there's a comparison picture <laughs> when I
2: was uh, in college. God.
3: Yes. Oh
0: my god! I don't want it.
2: Uh, the count from Sesame Street.
0: Okay, that's kind of <laughs> funny though. Holy
2: shit! <laughs> Aside from Jonah Hill, Well, Jonah and I, Jonah and I, weight, up and down, you know, yo-yoing.
1: Because there wasn't the on picture the same you cycle
2: you, with your head on yes. the Jonah Hill. No, that was actually my, that yeah. was actually me <laughs> doing, doing the pose.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. Maybe I, I don't know. I would say something stupid, but. <laughs> I have no idea. (laughs) Something
3: stupid. I've been asked that question before and I never know. You never
1: know who you look like. Yeah. It's always other people. I mean, I'm looking at you right now and you don't resemble anybody you like don't Hollywood. look
0: like Pete davidson i'm sorry no Chad, not Gerald even, little bit. Look like not even little i bit. think we can still keep the joke going if you'd like to i don't care i don't mind but realistically <laughs> you don't look anything well,
2: like you him. don't mind being said you look like the guy that is one of the most popular bachelors in the in the world this year all right i see how that is yeah. i don't mind keep saying i look like that guy
0: <laughs> um i haven't gotten any recently but when i was younger i used to get Brooke shields a lot but i think it was because when i was younger um, really thin eyebrows were in, and I never went that route because I was always afraid. So I just left my eyebrows real thick. And I think like that's super bushy why
3: I was. eyebrows. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Michelle Monahan.
0: Can I don't mind said that said you one. in the chat said you look like Slim Uncle
1: Phil. I'll take that. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a fantastic one. You know, uh, I love,
2: I got old, I love Uncle Phil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with yeah. that. I, I never would have thought that, but now I'm seeing it. So <laughs> Thank you for like saying it. Slim. I yeah.
1: appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Thank you. Because if you would have said Uncle Phil, yes. I'm <laughs> jumping out of the seven-story window right here. I we're not like, doing
3: camera shows anymore. <laughs> I feel
0: like we gotta find a good one for Gerald because I can't. We were we were talking about this before the show. It's like. I can't think of anybody.
3: There was one uh that our friend Allie from Twitter keeps comparing me to. There's a show called Chuck, and it's yes. like Chuck okay. Burke. Or oh yeah. Or yeah. A like little that. bit. Yeah, I guess so. And then there was the other one from what's that show? They're like out at sea. Um I can't remember what it's called. I don't watch shows like that, but like she They're out at sea. Right? <laughs> there's another one that there's a character on that show. It's like a reality show. That Under deck, deck. or, yeah, deck, below yeah, deck, yeah, there's a guy on there that apparently looks like
2: me, but, oh, Zach- Zachary Levy? From Chuck, I don't see a, you looking like Zachary Levy, Shazam, and, and um, Chuck, and, and, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. This is great for the audio list, <laughs>
0: yeah, <here>. it's fantastic. <laughs> is,
2: oh, yeah, by a mind, Gerald does look like Zachary Levy,
0: <laughs> what a great I mean, we deal. don't have a
1: picture of him on the screen anyway, so doesn't no. know. Uh,
0: right. Yeah. Oh. All right, so this is new. Mm. Um, I have not been a participant in this yet, but apparently, y'all started some ad read roulette.
1: Oh,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. How, how does this work?
2: <laughs> so, we have a wheel that literally will spin and it'll show us which uh, member of the show. Has uh has to read the ad, oh, and then a, a subsequent wheel that'll tell us what dialect or way we have to read said ad. And I, okay. today is the Athletic Greens ad that we'll be doing uh, in this. So uh, we've moved on from Shane, and Emma's behind the Mac. So Emma, can you uh, can you spin the initial wheel for us to see who has to do it today? All right, oh,
0: dun dun dun.
2: Well shit. Yay! Yes. It's, it's me. me. Yeah. All right, let's see what <sighs> oh, what man. I have to do It's so much more
1: fun when you're not
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, what let's are we doing? See.
0: Oh boy, here we go.
2: What is that? I can't is that read Cookie that. Monster? Is that what it says? Oh, All God. right, <laughs> so I got